It's time to make the dough rise, the financial podcast with Brian Doe. Welcome to another edition of Make the Dough Rise. Walter Storholt here alongside Brian Doe, certified financial planner, living worth wealth advisor, serving you in the Lake Country and beyond, office in Greensboro, Georgia. Find him online at livingworth.com. Brian, welcome to the show once again. How you been? Uh, doing good. good. Good to be here. And uh, I will give you fair warning today if I sound congested or irritated. It's because I was out on the lake this weekend and managed to get out on the water skis. But in, in doing so, I nasally ingested a dose of lake water. I blasted my eyes full of sunscreen. And I think I've done everything I can to irritate my upper respiratory system. So <laughs> fair warning. Well, speaking of, uh, of of cool locations like lakes and oceans and things like that, we're talking a little bit about things like that on today's show, the where of retirement. Mm-hmm. I kind of consider this, Brian, to be the fun stuff, the fun talk about retirement, right? Well, it really is. And there's what prompted this was uh, you know, I made the decision to make you know this move down here uh, some time ago for, for some of these same reasons. But um, you see a lot of articles on top places to retire or best states for retirement. And, and you know, there's articles and I don't know what the rating criteria is for, for a lot of those, but it, it's a common idea and, and, and concept. And so what I'm encouraging people to do is make their own list, make their own criteria of what makes a good place to retire. And these guides and articles and rankings are helpful, but I, I did hear that Lake Oconee made uh, some, I think it was Condé Nast magazine. I, I could be wrong on that. Double check me. But was ranked as one of the top two or number two as one of the best lake retirement communities in the country. So we're getting a lot of press and a lot of PR and, and there's a lot of great stuff down here. And, you know, so you've got this choice to live where you want. And oftentimes for people retiring, especially if they've had a corporate career or if they've had a business that was anchored in one place, this may be the first time that they're actually getting to choose openly, like, where do I want to live? Not where does the job take me? Where have I been? You know, where do do I have to move for this next promotion? Or, you know, I'm tied down here with the company. You literally now can go anywhere. And what happens is, is that becomes overwhelming. It's like when you give people two or three choices you know, they give me one, two, or three, I, I can pick. But when you open up the entire palette of the entire country, or really the entire world for that matter, because a lot of people are, are actually retiring overseas now, the choices can suddenly get overwhelming and you, you, can, you can get overload from that. So we're going to break it down today. And I've got my 4P structure. We, we structure things in our planning process to be, you know, all the personal items, the portfolio, uh, the different programs you're going to encounter, and then protections. And so I'll, I'll relate all those to where, you know, h- how you should choose or how to go about choosing where you want to retire. Well, that's the big difference, right? When we are working, well, when we're young, we basically are at the mercy of our parents and guardians of where yep. they want to take us. When we're going to college, uh, you know, that starts to dictate maybe where we land after college. A lot of people tend to stay in the area where maybe they went to college and those kinds of things. Others' jobs will dictate where they need to go, and sometimes where your family members live. You've got all these different forces that tend to—I mean, you have choice of wherever you want to live in the world, and 
And even today, you have more options than ever. But still, there are reasons for why you stay close, why you may not venture out exactly where you want to go. But you're talking about how at retirement, really a lot of those burdens, there may be still a few reasons why uh, you may not have full control of where you want to go or compelling reasons for why you may not go to your top choice. But so many of the other restrictions start to get stripped away. Well, yeah, the, the restrictions get stripped away. And then I think you know people start looking, they have a fantasy maybe of what it would be like to live in a, a tropical or, or warm climate, you know, Arizona or Florida are popular retirement destinations. You know, and so it's, is it just the weather, the driving factor? And then you get there and you find out all the other things that you should have considered, or maybe you don't really like it there, or you miss home. And, and, and so I think if you can get a good breakdown of all of these factors, and then you know rate them and score them and and make sure you're you're doing and making a decision that fits you and your spouse make sure you're in agreement with your spouse about this because i have seen people who want you know he wants to load up the rv and go travel the country for 3 years and she's like heck no i'm having a home and a place and be you know, so if you're that far apart then uh, you you might have some something more than a checklist to do. There may be some <laughs> couple therapy or counseling that you want to want to seek out, but uh, getting on the same page and, and making sure it fits your life, your interests, your hobbies, uh, family, all of those things can be real strong driving factors into making sure you have a successful transition into retirement. It's pretty funny. I uh, was just uh, speaking with a lady yesterday who's starting to get closer to retirement. I was dropping off a piece of plexiglass to her. The story behind why I was delivering plexiglass to a lady I've never met is not all that interesting, and I won't go into the details. I'll I'll, I'll leave it a bit mysterious. Um, But it's someone my mom knows. It's not anything crazy. Uh, so I was dropping her off some plexiglass and we were just talking about, you know, she happens to live nearby. Uh, we were talking about her home and her family and those kinds of things. And it's really interesting that then this is your topic, uh, exactly a day later, uh, that you wanted to dive into because she was saying, yeah, my daughters have moved on. Uh, one moved to, I think Iowa and the other ones in, uh, I don't remember Texas or something like that. Mm-hmm. She's like, and so we're trying to figure, we've been here for 30 years, but I think we will move once we, uh, once we retire. And she said, I just don't know where, I don't think we're going to try and follow one of them. And, but we also know that we're not going to stay here, and so we don't know. But she's like, but I guess we'll spend the next two, three years figuring that out before we pull the trigger on retirement. So this is real. I mean, a lot of people are having these these kind of struggles of figuring out exactly where they want to go. And I bet their problem is exactly what, exactly what you've talked about, too many options. Too many options. And a lot of times, they've, like I said, they've never had to think about it. And so then they, they get on and uh, you know see these lists or they see these communities or they see some friends moving to a certain place. Some people either make a knee-jerk reaction and end up regretting it or not liking it, or they, like I said, get overwhelmed at, at just the sheer number of, of possible places. Because you can, you can look into a, we've got a Dell Webb uh, community down here. Well, they've got those all over the country. And once you start searching, you can find them You know, from Arizona, Utah, West, if you want to go to Florida and Georgia and the Carolinas. And pretty soon it's just like, holy cow, there's all these different places and, and multiples just you know, within, in, within driving distance of here. So it, um, what I always suggest is you do some intel, maybe even go stay there. In one of my places, f- favorite places to go to get information and get the sense of the community is that Nextdoor app. Have you, have you seen and, and been on the, uh, 
I get daily entertainment out of the conversations on the Nextdoor app, absolutely. (laughs) Okay, so the the (laughs) one that caught my attention this past weekend, apparently there is a blue Mercedes in the area that is driving around terrorizing road bikers. So, you know, Georgia is probably one of the worst states in the country for road biking. I mean, we got the narrowest roads, poor shoulders. There's no bike lanes. I've lived in states where they're they're very well equipped for for biking and road biking. And, And if that's your thing, this is the worst possible place you could go. I mean, we got these narrow roads, rednecks with big trucks and and mirrors sticking out the side that I I think they have a contest to see how close they can get to you without actually hitting you if they even see you because (laughs) everybody's distracted on their phones and all that anymore and so when I see these road bikers out there I fear for their lives yeah so if if you're mountain biking off-roading and and all that stuff you know there's there's definitely some trails around here but this person was complaining because they're you know this person has apparently been out terrorizing bikers and yelling out the window at them and all oh that goodness. kind of stuff. So you can find out whether, you know, this is a good fit for your types of hobbies by, you know, trying it out, seeing what's going on, see what, what, what people are talking and, and complaining about. But, you know, if you're into golf and you like to be on the lake and you want it hot in the summertime, I mean, this, this is a uh, little mecca that, that we've got down here in Greensboro. But, you know, you, you've got to make the, the, the trade-off if you want, uh, you know, drier climates. There may be health reasons for, for some of these things. So um, really, really uh, think about it. And, and you can also break your retirement into stages. So I'll see a lot of people, and, and I do know, have some clients that have done the, you know, two or three years of just literally cruising around the country in a motorhome. It had a small base camp, but then they literally lived on the road for a few years. And then I've had people that have moved and done the retirement out out west or to the you know warmer climates. But then as as they get older and less active, they may move back to where they originally lived or where family is. It's not something you're locked into. I mean, you, you can always make changes and adjustments, but um, you know you just want to be be sure it's a good fit before you do something too drastic. Yeah, the um the next door thing that you were mentioning is is pretty funny. I remember when we uh our first neighborhood that we ever lived in, uh 3 out of every 4 threads was about gunshots. Did anybody hear the gunshots at whatever time? <laughs> hey, was that gunshots last night that anybody heard? Oh, I, yeah, I saw somebody driving uh, driving away quickly from the scene of uh potential crime. Uh so I checked out the next door and like the you know different neighborhood lift serves of then the areas where we were considering our next home and I was able to confirm that not 75% of the threads were about gunshots being heard. <laughs> well that's funny because if you heard about gunshots in our area it's it's because they're out uh hunting deer or you know quail or something like that around. That's here. right. So that's when you right. said gunshots I'm like well we hear gunshots all the time but it's yeah, uh, yeah. Well, it's not not the same. In that first neighborhood I don't I don't think it was uh it was the same. <laughs> right. Right. Okay. <laughs> um, so it's just funny because yeah, that I've done that, right? Like that it's it's today's equivalent of going and driving around the neighborhood to see if you like the neighborhood and the style and the fit. I mean, that's still important too, to get kind of boots on the ground when you can, but this gives you even a little bit more information to be able to, uh, it's kind of like knocking on all the neighbor's doors and being like, how do you like living here? What are some things to be aware of? Mm-hmm. Those kinds of things. Well, and, and in some of these retirement communities, man, if you, if you like rules and if you like lording over all of your neighborhoods because they left the trash can out too long, or you left your wave runner trailer in the driveway too long or something like that, 
uh, man, there, if that stuff drives you crazy, which it, it does me, but I, I've learned to tolerate it somewhat, the order and the continuity and the you know, preservation of property values and things like that, that, that can be a good thing. But if, if you're, at, at times I will have projects going on or people coming and going and, and, and some of these people that are like, that just like things super nice and tidy and orderly. I, I think we get on their nerves a little bit because um, we, we've got stuff out in the driveway for projects or we forget to bring the trash can in because we're, you know, we're, just, we're just busy and have stuff going on. We don't, yeah, don't mean that, to cause that a problem. That HOA but. stuff is a double-edged sword for sure. Yeah. You hate, hate losing the freedom, but then you get that one neighbor. <laughs> you wish you had some recourse for some, of those, uh, for some of those things. Yeah, find out if you have any snitches on your neighborhood or not. That's right. That's right. Exactly. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, that sounds like uh, lots of personal reasons obviously go into this. And uh, it goes beyond just kind of like, you know, the small individual personal preferences, right? Well, I, I think a, a sense of purpose is what you've got to... And that sounds kind of touchy feely or ooh, you know, you know, new wavy kind of uh, stuff. But it really is true. When you get up, you, you've got work to go to. You've got your projects you're working on. The people you're interacting with. There's a strong sense of purpose ingrained in that that you automatically have. And this idea that you're going to just you know go off to the beach and you know sit and drink uh, pina coladas all day every day. Maybe some people can do that, but most hard charging, hard working, uh, high accomplishment people. That's not going to sit well because they're used to you know, being very active. And so maybe a month of playing golf and uh, doing some fishing and things like that. I see people get very bored all of a sudden. I mean, they, I think I feel it on vacation every once in a while. If you truly do like a relaxing, you know, full week of not really doing anything, maybe just at the beach where you're just sitting on the beach every day, reading mm-hmm. a book, yeah. you know, it's relaxing and nice, but you can start to feel by the end of that, you're ready to get back to a little bit more life and having that purpose, purposeful feeling and, and just doing something a little bit more engaging and challenging yourself a little bit more, you start to miss a little bit of that. Yeah. So if, if you look, and have you ever seen any, seen any of the statistics and the correlations between retirement and dying? I don't know any stats off the top of my head, but I've seen that there's that there's an issue with retiring early without that purpose in place. A lot of people get can get in trouble, right? Well, the, this, uh, this, the numbers tend to bear out more so with men than women. So and I you know, maybe that's because uh, you know, women are more social, or maybe they've uh, you know done more in the home and with the kids or something like that. But um, men who I'll just read you some numbers that I found here. In general, people who retire at fifty-five are eighty percent more likely to die within ten years than those that retire at sixty-five. Wow! It, say, it, say that again. Yeah. So people who retire at fifty-five are eighty percent more likely to die within 10 years than those that retire at age 65. That is not an insignificant number. It is not. And uh, so men that, here's the other uh, one, is men that retire at 62 have a 20% higher likelihood of death than the general population. Wow. So, so even however, 62 versus 65, there's a statistical difference. Yeah, 65 or 67 or even 70. I, I see a lot of people going a lot, a lot longer these days. So it is true. There, there is something about 
retiring, stopping what you're doing, disengaging, that I think our brain is is a bit like a motor that if, if you take the load off of it, it, it sort of sends a signal that yeah, we're done. And, um, you know, we're, we'll, we'll start winding things down here. So to, to push um, back, I would wonder if perhaps that there's a little bit of um, what is it? The causation does not equal correlation conversation where maybe some people are retiring early quote unquote because they're being forced to because they were already maybe in bad health or had an issue or you know something like that but it's a big enough difference that 89 percent one to where there's got to be some truth to that yeah in the 55 especially i I can't imagine that that's purely health issues that people are are retiring early for but maybe 62 and i do see a lot of people that are go 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 on the corporate track and they get downsized outsourced you know, pushed out a little bit early. And, and for those people, I think that's, that's that's one of the biggest shocks is I thought I was going to retire at 65, but oh, we got a new CEO and they're reshuffling the whole company and boom, I'm out. That blindsides and, and catches a lot of people off guard. So, you know, going back to that purpose, the people that I've seen retire early who get very involved in maybe some volunteer, Habitat for Humanity, uh, church programs, outreach, you know, building, uh, rescue in response to natural disasters like tornadoes and hurricanes. Uh, My dad was very, he's, I think he's worked harder in retirement than he did when he was working, but he has gone strong, stayed active and just constantly has something going on. And so he's, you know, in his early eighties and, and um, he's pretty tough guy. He won't complain about his, uh, you know, aches and pains very much, but he's, up for where wherever whoever needs help whatever needs doing he he's there for it so he's managed to uh keep going strong and stay stay very active so look for opportunities in places like that is there you know here here in town we've got atlas ministries we've got the humane society we've got the habitat for humanity there, there's no shortage all the you know the churches and uh, men of lake Oconee, there, there's there's plenty of organizations to get involved in so be on the lookout for stuff like that if you think that um you know, sitting on the dock and and um, you know just playing another round of golf isn't quite going to get the job done for you. Well, there are four P's, and that was a lot of stuff in the first P of the personal side of things. Um, but those are all things I think people can tap into, definitely have easy conversations about. But how does this where to retire conversation evolve in the other P's? Well, so one of the big shocks, obviously, going into retirement, and and I think this is you know this kind of correlate. This goes back to that correlation between. Uh, retirement and you know premature death, you're going from accumulation on your portfolio to distribution. And that seems like, well, hey, I've built up all this money and I've got it here for savings. But man, there is a huge mental shift that happens when you go from regularly contributing, adding to your you know, 401k and your savings, and you see that balance go up. That's very confidence inspiring. And, and so you get some you know, peace, you, you've got some some confidence and you, you're not leaning on that, then all of a sudden, once you have to activate income mode and you start drawing that down, it's sort of like you've gone up the hill and now you're coming down and you don't want that thing to run out of money before you do. So people get a little more nervous. They get more anxiety maybe about, you know, actually drawing and and using this portfolio. And it's a very different skill. It's a very different approach than accumulation. So one of the big things that we really work on is getting income plans and reserves in place, 
you know, conservative buckets, long-term growth buckets to the money so that people can have confidence about their income plan. And that, uh, you know, like, like I said, that transition from accumulating and growing to withdrawing and shrinking can have a big psychological impact uh, on your confidence. That's a great point. And I think that's why um, not only do you have to make a lot of physical transitions in retirement, but a lot of mental ones as well. And those are the ones that tend to get overlooked, right? Yeah, absolutely. And, and cost of living, it, just basic cost of living is, is, is a big one. So what is the, the demand on your portfolio going to be? The people that I see that have the most success transitioning into retirement are those that can do it in a gradual or maybe a tapered time frame. And uh, examples would be, you know, maybe a doctor or radiologist or something that they take six months off and then they go work at the VA for six months or they do some locums work for six months. And, and that way they're, they're still, still working and earning and they, they've got the pocket money they need. They're not having to instantly lean on the portfolio as hard. Uh, if you own your own business, if you can work on some uh, transition out, bring up some new people to you know, run the business and, and, and you can taper down. In the corporate world, I see that less and less, although I, I think you know some companies have, have done better than others. But a lot of times it's full speed up to retirement and then boom, you retire, here's your gold watch. And then you know, you're supposed to uh, you know, sail off to happily ever after. I think people that can stay engaged, stay earning, stay involved in what they've you know, done their whole life, assuming they like it. I, I mean, a lot of people don't like what they're doing, so they, they want to get out of there. But if you haven't done the work on what you could do afterwards, uh, I, I think that that shock or transition can be can be a bigger deal. So, you know, taxes factor into this in that, you know, there's some tax-friendly states for retirement. There's some certain breaks at certain ages on maybe property taxes or income taxes. But, you know, this can be a double-edged sword. A lot of people move to no income tax states and they think, oh, la-di-da, I'm going to move here. I'm not going to have to pay uh, state income tax anymore. Well, then they find out that property taxes are, you know, four times as much as where they were. So be cognizant of all the different areas that, that you might, uh, you know, be taxed because the, the cost may be buried in there if you think you're going to suddenly escape income tax. So. Yeah, I think that's uh, I mean, that's a, a well-known one, right? People build up in their minds. I'm definitely retiring here because of the tax benefits, and that that's definitely one that maybe doesn't get overlooked, but maybe is not as understood as most people think. Yeah, right. I've definitely seen it. I had a client that moved to Texas and said, "Oh, yeah, no state income tax, but man, I'm just you know just getting clobbered with property taxes." Uh, sometimes it can be in in fees or other other places. So uh, be be on the watch out for that, and then. If there is an opportunity where you're going to get involved in a second career, or maybe you want to become an investor and do some rental properties or something like that, the Greensboro area is actually really good for that. And, and a lot of people move down here and think they're going to dabble in real estate. And, and I think we talked about this one other time. But I think there's more realtors in Greensboro, Georgia, but just a small percentage of them are really active in doing ongoing regular transactions. I, th I think a lot of people move down here and think, oh yeah, I'll dabble with real estate or, or do something like that. Or maybe, maybe they buy a couple of properties and they get their real estate license to, to, to save some cost. But there can be some really good opportunities to buy rental properties, 
you could manage, you know, some some houses and you know do some upkeep on them or do some renovations on them. Look look for bargains, and I've, I've seen some some people have a lot of a lot of luck with that. Or you know even you know something like timberland, you could buy timberland that gives you something to go maintain. You can go hunting on the property and then uh, harvest some trees and, and and get some income from that. Uh, I know another couple down the road, they've got a you know those big storage facilities. Sure, you know, just, yeah. Yeah, and they've got I don't know how many rows of of uh, storage facilities, both climate controlled and non climate controlled, but they've got their house right next to the facility, and they bought and built this, and it's a great source of retirement income. It kind of keeps them busy, and they they can interact with all the people coming and going, and uh, so to you know be be creative, and and uh, it's very possible to have a part time ish or supplemental income that keeps the confidence up. And you know, obviously, you want to be tax smart about it. And there may there may be some good tax breaks in in, in some of those other sectors. So uh, yeah, don't be afraid to venture out and you know try try some different things and, and dabble some different things. All right, so we've got the personal and the portfolio P's handled. We've got programs and protections next. Yeah, and th- this will be real quick. Uh, yeah, programs. The big one is estate planning, and if you go state by state, you know, the probate is going to be your number one issue. And if you have properties or assets in multiple states, you're dealing now with a multi-state probate issue. Well, how difficult, how time-consuming, how costly is probate in those particular states or the, or the one that you end up in? If you end up out in California, by golly, you better title your home and everything you've got in a revocable trust because probate could take years, it's highly expensive, and and you could leave your heirs with a, a big mess. In Georgia, you know, not such a big deal. It's usually pretty quick. It's usually pretty inexpensive. Although I will say, with COVID last year, uh, there's a lot of backup from COVID, and some people are having trouble transferring joint accounts, uh, moving IRAs to surviving spouses, and it's because they're they're having trouble getting the the probate documents and certificates, uh, affidavits, domicile, and all the things that you, that you need uh, w- when there is a death like that. So revocable trust, transfer on death accounts, beneficiary designation titling, those should all be reviewed in light of the state or multiple states probate issues. And that's that, that's probably enough to talk about on that one. Okay. And then last but not least, the protections. Yeah. So protections has more to do, obviously, with uh, insurances and reserves and emergency accounts, long-term care, those type of things. So the big one about as it relates to where I live, are there adequate facilities? Should you need a long-term care, assisted living, uh, or even like a full-time memory type care? And what what I'm seeing a lot of, you know, popping up nearby are these uh, CCRCs, continuing care retirement communities, and it's great because you know they're you might want to have a more active uh, life, home lifestyle in your earlier years, but then maybe nearby so that you don't have a a major move or a major move to another city or state or something like that. You can make these transitions to these continuing care communities, and they're they're great because you can have a house or an apartment, a very active lifestyle, but then as you need additional, as, as one spouse or the other needs additional care, you don't have to move. You can remain on site. 
uh, all of the yard work and maintenance and anything that goes wrong with the unit is is taken care of and is, is part of the program. But then as you need additional care, that's built right into the site. And so you don't have to have one spouse in a long-term care facility while you're also trying to keep up a house. And, and so there's a lot of really good options there that you may want to have you know, like like the the regular house or retirement community, active living retirement community early on, but then is there something nearby that then makes, you know, for a good transition, easy transition that that that's nearby. So uh, that was my uh, one issue on on protections. And and does your long-term care policy cover and pay for those types of uh facilities should you actually need them? And the good news of all of this is that it can be planned for in advance, right, Brian? Your planning process walks people through the four Ps and helps answer the questions. It's not just about the numbers, but you help kind of facilitate these conversations about where you're going to live and all these other elements that go into it. Yeah, we've got some scorecards. We've got some exercises. The you know, we I ask people free from money issues. You know, what, what what should money free you from? What should money free you to or enable you to do? Uh, you know, what are the dangers and obstacles and, and problems that you're trying to avoid? What are the opportunities that you'd like to get to? We have a lot of good structured conversations through the process besides just the, you know, hey, what you know, should I buy or sell or what, what's the market doing today? So great conversations to have. And I think it uh, it's fun to do them with both spouses separately. And I have some exercises where, where we, you know, engage them separately. And it's interesting to see the, the different answers I get to questions, but then that that gives us a path to get you know all, everybody on the same page and and, and in, in agreement. So yeah, yeah, we have some good we have some fun with that. Fantastic. Well, if you want to learn a little bit more about the four P's of retirement planning, again, they are personal portfolio programs and protections. Be sure to visit us at livingworth.com. That's livingworth.com. Lots that you can learn about there. Uh, and also get your own appointment to uh, go through the planning process. In fact, if you want to get a 15-minute introductory call with Brian to see if this planning process is something that's good for you to go through, get some clarity around your financial goals, and make sure that you can live the lifestyle that you want, including picking where you want to live. You've got all these options on the table, most likely. How can you make those proper choices? Well, hopefully today's conversation helped out a little bit. Again, go to livingworth.com. You can click book a call to schedule that 15-minute introductory call with Brian, or you can call yourself 706-451-9800. That's 706-451-9800. And we'll put links to uh, how to get in touch with us in the description of today's show as well to make it easy on you. Brian, appreciate the conversation today. Enjoyed. Uh, I'm starting to dream a little about uh, retirement still a ways off for me. Yeah, you get inspired. Starting to dream. <laughs> starting to be inspired. Good, yes. good, good. Yes. Although now I'm like, oh, maybe maybe retiring early isn't such a good idea after some of those stats. <laughs> be yeah, be careful what you wish for. Uh, it's uh, it's got me worried for my generation. That's all about that fire movement. I think we talked about maybe a year or two ago with uh, people retiring in their 30s and 40s these days. Hmm. I, I really do. I, I'm curious how that's going to last. I, they're they're going to end up finding something. People that are that ambitious and, and accomplish that early in life, uh, they're not actually going to just, like I said, sit back and, and drink margaritas on the beach for the rest of their I life. Think you're There's right. no way. Yeah, it's a it's a definitely a. It should be called something else other than retirement because it's something completely 
completely different. But yeah. another conversation for another day. Indeed. Uh, appreciate it very much. Good luck clearing out the rest of that uh, lake water from your system. And uh, we'll talk to you on the next episode. Sounds great. I'll look forward to it. That's Brian Doe. I'm Walter Storholt. Thanks for taking the time to join us this week. We'll talk to you next time right back here on Make the Doe Rise. Make the Dough Rise is brought to you by Living Worth Wealth Advisors with a central office in Greensboro, Georgia, but serving the Lake Country and beyond. The podcast is available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and all your favorite podcasting apps. Subscribe today and never miss an episode. Just search for Make the Dough Rise with Brian Doe. You can also visit MakeTheDoughRise.com to listen to recent episodes. If you'd like to contact the show or schedule a complimentary financial review with Brian and the team, Just go to MakeTheDoughRise.com and get in touch through the website or call 706-451-9800. Thanks for listening to Make the Dough Rise. Investment advisory services offered through Main Street Financial Solutions, LLC. Information provided is for informational purposes only and does not constitute investment, tax, or legal advice. Information is obtained from sources that are deemed to be reliable, but their accurateness and completeness cannot be guaranteed.